So, so we're finishing up our series today, Prayer, It's Easier Than You Think. And we've been talking about how prayer doesn't have to be laborious. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be something that we fight through. It doesn't have to be something that we're afraid of, something that we don't know what to do when we get into a place where we say pray. I'm telling you, prayer is easier than we think, all right? So what I want you to do is join your faith with me. Let's pray, and let's believe God to get the message across today about the next and final installment about what God wants to say here to us today, okay? Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity always to share your word. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to be your vocal piece, and Lord God, an instrument for you to reach people's hearts to help us draw closer to you. And for Lord God, I just give you the honor and the glory and praise. I thank you for open hearts that are in this room to hear all of the things that are going to be said and to receive them, to grow and to be changed in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so I'm holding a banana uh, for a reason. Yes, that is a banana. And I'm, I've been fasting. And so um, I just may need this during the message. So don't, don't uh, uh, get upset if I have to eat this. Uh, this is going to be a prop. And I just might eat it. So just want you to know it's here. So I know some of you are already thinking, what is he doing with the banana? So all right. All right, cool. All right, so Psalm 37, verse 4, let's read this together. All right, it says this. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So again, prayer, it's easier than you think. Delighting ourselves in the Lord, he's inviting us into this relationship. He's inviting us into a place where we can delight, where prayer is easy. It's not something that's difficult. All right, now, I want to show you a video for those of you who weren't here last week because we've had a couple of uh, kind of snow weekends here, and a lot of you may have missed this video, but it's just so good. I just had to re-show it again. All right, so, you know, we talk about prayer, different kinds of prayer. Prayer is not this. Yeah, yeah, I'll pray. You think I'm afraid to pray? All right, join hands. I'm not going to join hands because I don't like joining hands. All right, it's cold season. Dear God, how you doing? Don't look at me, Peter, please. God, our Father, we ask that you bless these people and this stuff and all this place with all your things and all your blessings. In uh, Jesus' glorious name, amen. You got a problem with me, Tommy? <laughs> Let us pray. Yes. Mm. We thank you, Heavenly Father, mm. for, for loving us and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. giving us your words. So oh, that's good. Learn what you that's want us to learn good. and hear what you want us to hear and mm. see what you want us to see mm. and love mm. what you want us to love. And, mm. Father, yes. we thank you for all the blessings yes. and all this time together. And we ask you to bless this time, these people, and right. this place. Right. <laughs> right, yes. And in Jesus' name we pray. Absolutely. In the <laughs> glory of Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Amen. Oh, yes. Me? Me? No, no, I'm good. I'll pray later on my own. More of a private prayer, more internal. I was actually just going to go to the bathroom. I'm a little lactose intolerant. I'll, I'll read the minutes. Sometimes when I pray, it gets, uh, gets deep. I don't intimidate anybody. We worship you, O glorious God, and we praise your beautiful name. We thank you for your heavenly, warm embrace, and we praise you, beautiful, gorgeous Jesus. Your embrace is the only embrace we'll ever need to be embraced by. We want to continue to love us as you touch us and love you as we touch you. In Jesus' name we pray. What? We ask you to bless everyone's families and everyone's children. And a special blessing, Lord, on my children. I know that you have three or four thousand angels. 
police sent two or three of them to watch over my children, watch over our house. I got a new alarm system, but you know, the alarm system of God is more powerful than the alarm system of ADT. I'd like to say thank you, God. I'd like to show my appreciation. So what can I do? Can I bring you a donut? Maybe a Danish? Certainly I'll get you coffee. I know how you take is light and sweet, right? <laughs> I know that's what you like because you're a sweet God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just find that so funny. Come on, somebody. Uh, was that funny? Come on. I just, I'm telling you, for some of you, that's the second time I've seen it. That's the sixth or seventh time I've seen that video. And I just laugh every single time. So prayer, you know, if, if, and if that's your idea of prayer, I, I, we don't mean to make fun of it. But listen, one of the things we want you to understand is that prayer really is nothing more than this loving communication with God. It is putting ourselves in a position to where we're talking to God and then we're allowing him to talk to us. All right. It's a, it's a constant communication. It's not just bringing a bunch of prayer requests and then just leaving that room. It's actually saying, Lord, look, you're inviting me to the table to spend time with you. And we spent the first uh, week talking about the place of Abba Father. Abba, our wonderful, loving, heavenly Father who's come to us and, and who said that he's invited us to the table. He doesn't want us to know him as judge. He doesn't want us to know him as, as some rule keeper. He wants us to know him as Abba, Daddy God. Isn't that beautiful? And then he wants us to uh, further understand the covenant. We talked about the place of the covenant last week. The covenant is this, this, this thing that we've got with God, that he made a new covenant with us, an eternal covenant, one where, we could, uh, where he would demonstrate to us his great love for us, his kindness for us, and what he did in Jesus 2,000 years ago, so that we could come before him and we could spend time with him. He's our Abba, and he's given us this wonderful covenant. I would encourage you guys to go back to the website, listen to those messages if you, if you didn't hear them, and just get little nuggets about them, because prayer doesn't have to be laborious. Prayer is easier than we think. All right, so today, I want to take this a little bit further and talk a little bit about something that was very, very important to Jesus. What he thought about was, was one of the first things that we should pray about, okay, in prayer, and I think you're going to find it very interesting, but before we do, let's take a look at what uh, Americans pray for, because Life, LifeWay Research did an interesting survey five years ago. I think you're going to find this very fascinating, and so here's what they found out in their survey, that 48% of Americans say they pray. Isn't that amazing? That means... If there's 300 million Americans, that means almost 150 million people in our country say they pray. All right. And so and this is what I thought was really cool. All right. Uh, the percentages, 82% who pray typically pray about family. 74% pray about personal problems. 42% pray about personal sin. I think this is really beautiful. 38% of the people uh, pray for people facing natural disasters. Isn't that awesome? People that reach out of themselves when somebody's going through a struggle. Now, I like, this, is, this, one, this one was really cool. 7% of the people that pray, they pray behind the wheel, either for a good parking space or to get out a speeding ticket. <laughs> Anybody pray for that? Come on. All right, all right. Here, and I love this, this last one. 5% of the people that pray for someone's relationship to end or for someone to get fired. Come on. All right, so funny, funny, funny. All right, so this is amazing. So all of these different categories of the things that Americans pray for, we pray for if we find ourselves in the middle of that survey. But I wonder how that list stacks up to the things that Jesus said. 
that we should pray for or the thing that he said that we should pray for or that we should go for. I think you're going to find this very, very interesting, especially as we, again, remember our subject matter, prayer, it's easier than you think. All right, so let's read the scripture here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, and let's see what Jesus said that we should pray about. All right, now notice what he says here. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Somebody say, uh-oh, come on. I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So we see right here, this is the law, what we call the law of first mention. This is the very first time Jesus, in his earthly ministry, addresses the subject of prayer. And he puts it in the context of praying for people who hurt us. Now, scholars will tell you the law first mentioned is very important because they'll tell you that when, you, when a subject matter is mentioned first in the scriptures, whether it's in the book of Genesis, the Old Testament, or New Testament, that it's something that we really need to take into consideration. So they will tell you that the law of first mention of prayer was right here. And when Jesus addresses this subject matter in prayer or about prayer, it means it's a big thing. It means it's really important. And so Here's what I want us to see where the wisdom of God is concerned. Yes, it's okay to pray for all of those other things that we talked about. It's okay to pray for the parking spot. It's okay to pray to try to get out of that ticket. I've prayed my way for my share of them. Come on, anybody honest in this place, right? And so it's okay. All that's okay. It's okay as we're meeting with our Abba Father and we're praying about those. That's really okay. But what Jesus addresses here, right at the top, is praying for people who've hurt us. And I want you to see the wisdom of God, the wisdom of Abba, the wisdom of the covenant that we have to address this subject. Because I think if you're honest in this room, you will admit to me, like I would admit to you, that there is nothing that hurts us more in this world than another person that hurts us. A person where maybe an expectation hasn't, hasn't been met or, or maybe a friendship that went sour or maybe something that, that went awry. Maybe, maybe somebody talked behind your back or somebody didn't deliver on a promise, okay? Every one of us in this room has experienced that. And I believe with all my heart, the reason why Jesus addresses this right here at the beginning is because he knows that this is the thing that will trip us up more than anything else. And when we start talking about how prayer, it's easier than you think. What I really believe Jesus was trying to convey to us, he said, hey, listen, I want you to have this relationship. I want you to have this walk with Abba, this walk in the covenant, and this understanding that this is what we pray about right here because the opportunity is going to come to get hurt. How many of you know what I'm talking about? People hurt, right? But here's the big idea, ready? It's okay to get hurt because we're going to be hurt, but it's not okay to stay hurt. Are you with me? It's okay to be hurt because we're going to be hurt. It's impossible to be alive. It's impossible to be a Christian today. It's impossible to be a human today and to not be hurt. But it is possible to not stay hurt. Come on, anybody with me today? It's, it's possible to not stay hurt. Now, here's why I think this is really important. Because if we choose to stay hurt, here is what opens the door to, to 
calamity opens the door to things in our life that aren't good. I want to read a scripture here to you that is so powerful. It's one of the cornerstone scriptures that ought to be for us as Christians, okay, especially where this subject matter is concerned. God wants us to live free. God wants us to live forgiving. God wants us to live with short accounts with people. God wants us to know there's going to be opportunities to get hurt. There's going to be opportunities that the people are going to fail. The enemy would like you to put a wall up and say, that's it. I'll never trust another human being again. But God wants us to know that if we'll take the time to understand that we would pray for those who've hurt us, we don't have to live behind that wall. We don't have to live behind that hurt. The hurt doesn't have to control us. The hurt doesn't have to keep us down. We can live free. Anybody want to live free in this place, all right? All right, so notice what the scripture says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Notice what this says. It says, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. So Paul was addressing people in the church, and he was saying, listen, there are people in the church you have to forgive, and when you have to forgive them because I've forgiven them, and when you forgive them, I forgive them. When I forgive them, you forgive me. He was addressing this very subject of a forgiving lifestyle, and I also forgive, for indeed I have forgiven anything. I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Now, verse 11 is what I really want you to hone in on with me. Notice what it says. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So what this is clearly telling us is this, that when we don't live a forgiving lifestyle, when we don't, when we accept a hurt and when we stay hurt, Satan creates a device. He's the one that brings a division. He's the one that brings hurt, that cloud. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so somehow we think that the other person, it's the other person's fault, and they somehow have to fix it, and they have to perform, and they have to do this, and they have to do that. But all along, it's the device of the enemy that's out there trying to cripple us, trying to hold back what God wants to do in our life, all right? And so really, this is addressing, again, that subject. Prayer, it's easier than we think, addressing the fact that that one of the things we need to do in prayer every single day is, man, check ourselves. Are we living a forgiving lifestyle? Are we keeping short accounts? And listen, here, how many of you understand this? How many of you agree with me on this, that um, when it comes to getting hurt or when it comes to somebody hurting us, I really don't believe with all my heart. I should, let me say this. I, don't, I, I believe with all my heart that people don't set out on purpose to hurt somebody. I don't believe people wake up one day and just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, I'm just going to find somebody to go offend today, okay? Somebody in our life, maybe, maybe an acquaintance or somebody in our circle. If we got hurt, it was hurt because there was a misunderstanding or there was a mistake or there was an, an, an expectation that wasn't met. Now, I've been there just as much as you have been there. And, and, and some, one of the things I'm trying to get a hold, is that, a hold of here is that I don't believe people set out on purpose and intentionally to hurt me. And if we do, that's where the problem is, right? And so one of the things that, that I want us to understand here today is if we get a hold of this, especially if we incorporate this in spending time with God and our Abba Fathers to say, you know what, I want to be forgiving. I want to live in forgiveness. I want to let things go. I want stuff to fall, fall off of me because I'm the one that's being hurt. I'm the one that's being held back, all right? Now, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about 
uh, an opportunity that I had. I want to share this with you. At, when I was a, a young pastor, just getting started in the ministry, um, and how I hurt somebody unintentionally. It was one of these situations to where I really didn't mean to hurt this family, but I was young in the ministry, and, and, and so I didn't know how to navigate the situation. So it, it went kind of like this. There was this family. They were in the church, and, and um, she had always been, the wife had always been on fire for God, always just loved the things of God, but her husband was kind of always just coming along. And so he, for the first time in their married life, started to embrace the things of God, and he started to uh, understand and started to develop his own walk with God. It was a beautiful thing in this family. This family was experiencing a personal revival. It was so amazing. And I was a young pastor. I was, this is awesome. This is awesome. And so this guy wanted to do everything, man. He was doing, he was serving in different areas of the church. He was just so on fire about what God was doing in his life. It was amazing. I was loving it. She was loving it. It just was one big happy situation, all right? But then, someone say, but then. Come on. So an opportunity opened up in the church for a lead role in one of these areas of ministry. The church was growing and it needed a leader. And so I was praying about who needed to lead that area. And so she felt like her husband could lead this area and approached me on it. And so, but in my heart, I knew that it wasn't a good fit for him. And so I talked to the husband. He said it wasn't a good fit for him. And so we both agreed. and said, okay, let's, we're, we're still going to believe God to find somebody to lead this area of ministry. Okay, so I didn't feel like it was right for him. He didn't feel like it was right for him. But she felt like it was right for him. Come on, are you with me? Can you see trouble brewing here? So here's what happened. Because she was so sold on the idea that she felt like this position was right for him. Okay, and we both felt like it wasn't right for him. She went from that glow, that just loving being there every single day and just doing whatever, to sitting in the front row like she drank pickle juice every time we had a worship service. Like this. Like some of you this morning. Just like this. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. But you don't make it easy on the preacher? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so week in and week out. And I was really proud of her that she didn't leave the church. I was very, very proud. But now as a young pastor, I just went in, I engaged. Okay, I've got to get this woman restored. I've got to figure out a way to get my relationship whole with her and, and, and get restored with her. And week in and week out, I was working it week. And she just, every week, just just cold and walls up and, and just and over this issue. Now as a young pastor, I was struggling. I was like, oh, God, I really didn't hurt this person intentionally. This is just a misunderstanding, or it's just uh, we're not on the same page. Not on, we don't view the situation the same. Are you following along with me? And so I just kept praying about it. And because I, I could see her husband growing, and, 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 and he was flourishing, but she was just cold and just just arms folded. And I said, Lord, you got to help me break through and help me reach this person. And so while I was praying for the situation, the Lord gave me a dream. A lot of times he'll speak to me in dreams, and a lot of times I, I don't share them because sometimes they're personal and they're intimate, okay? But, but I just felt like as I was studying and preparing for this, because I really want to make sure that we can understand this concept, that it's easier than we think to spend time with God, especially in this area where maybe somebody's hurt us, okay? This dream was so, was so powerful. And so in this dream... I was kind of on a side, and, and, and Jesus was in this building, 
and he was seeing people, and people just were lined up to go see Jesus, and it was beautiful. It was just this beautiful, amazing moment. I was watching people go in. Jesus was loving on them, and, and they were just having beautiful fellowship. And, and when he was done with one person, then they would leave, and the next person would come. So it was a long line of people. Well, in this line was this woman. She was waiting in this line to talk to Jesus. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. This is going to be awesome. Man, this is the thing that maybe is going to really help her to, to get free of whatever this is. And, and so I was watching with expectation. And sure enough, she got up there, and it was her turn to talk to Jesus. And so she went in there, and Jesus was just loving on her and just, just encouraging her. And so she worked herself up in this meeting with Jesus to tell Jesus about this situation. And she was saying, yeah, this pastor, he hurt me. This pastor hurt, you know, he, he's holding the gift back in my husband, and I'm really upset about it, Jesus. And Jesus, I need you to do something about it. And I, I was in this dream. I was watching, uh-oh, am I in trouble or what? So, and here's what Jesus said to her. This is amazing. Jesus said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know about that situation. No, no, you don't understand, Jesus, she said. No, no, this is what happened. My husband was this, and I wanted this. He said no. He said no, but he's holding back the call of God on his life. Jesus is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's trying it again. No, no, you don't. Now she's trying to convince Jesus of this. And this is amazing. And so Jesus is just loving on her. So I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. I don't know what you're talking about. And so finally, after the third time, she just recognized. She just said, okay. And she left that situation, and I, and I watched, and I, and I woke up, and I thought, oh, my God, this is so true. The Scripture is so true. And we keep saying week in and week out that our sin and our lawless deeds, he remembers no more. It's really true, you guys. When you make a mistake, when somebody hurts you, or you hurt somebody, or whatever happens in a situation like that, I'm telling you, Jesus doesn't remember it. You know why? It was judged in the cross 2,000 years ago. It's true. I went, oh my goodness. The Bible is true. How many? Get that. The Bible is actually true. <laughs> Our sin and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. There was so much to learn through this experience. It was amazing because then I thought about this. I thought about this. Year after year. It was about a three-year process with this person sitting in the services with their arms folded, upset. And then after about three years, she started to warm up, and she started to loosen up. And, and then our relationship was completely restored, and I just kept working it and working it, okay? But here's the thing I thought about. I thought about this. Three wasted years. Are you with me? Three wasted years. When she thought she was going to get before Jesus and have her day in court with Jesus, what did she expect? Jesus, this pastor did this to me. Did she expect Jesus to say, yeah, I know he did. You know, okay, let's team up. I'm going to get that young pastor, and I'm going to teach him a lesson or two. Is that what she expected? I think sometimes that's what we think Jesus is going to do. But I'm telling you, he doesn't remember it. He doesn't see it. And when we live that way, we're wasting time. We're wasting so much time when we hold on to that stuff. Remember, we read that scripture. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. 
It's time, the most precious commodity that we have on this earth. It's not money, you guys. I know. It's time. And when we waste time because we're holding on to a hurt, or we really think God's going to get that person, here's the other thing it does. Ready? Ready? I learned in this experience, we live in America, and we love to be free. Aren't you guys glad you're free? Come on. I mean, I know that America has its issues, but thank God for the freedom we have in our country, right? But in this country where we're free, and we don't want anything to control us. How many of you I'm talking about? Don't control me. Don't tell me what I got to do. Don't tell me where I have to sit, right? I say, please sit there. I'm going to go sit someplace else. How many of you I'm talking about? That's just how we are. We're wired that way as humans, right? In this country where we don't want to be controlled, This woman was controlled by her hurt. And when we hold on to stuff, that's what happens. The hurt controls us. It drives us. It molds us. It affects the way we treat others because hurting people, what? Hurt others. It drives us. It drives our agenda. It drives our schedule. It drives the way we look at things. It drives the way we approach things. Am I talking to anybody here today? That's the reason why I believe Jesus addressed this subject right at the top. Pray for those that hurt you. Why? Because we're going to have opportunities to get hurt, but we don't have to stay hurt. Come on, somebody. We don't have to stay hurt. We don't have to. We can learn from the master, from Abba, that we don't have to live with this stuff inside of us. All right, so what do you do if you have been bit by that bug. What do you do if, 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 you know, you feel like that's you in this place where you feel like, yeah, um, maybe, maybe I need to examine a few things. Maybe there, maybe, maybe there's something I haven't let go. I want to give you seven symptoms. All right, real quick. And, and just see, this is kind of like a measurement. Is that okay? Can I, can I, uh, Dr. Phil you here for a second? Would that be okay? Or uh, maybe uh, Joyce Meyer you for a second, for some of you. Is that okay? All right, so let me give you uh, seven of these here and just see if this is you, all right? Uh, Number one, um, do you practice avoiding people that hurt you? Do you avoid them? Like when you see them at Somerset, do you gravitate to the other side of the mall? Are you with me? Here's how you can tell. If that little pinch is in your heart, there's a pinch right here. Maybe it needs to be dealt with. Maybe we need to address it, all right? Have you ever said this? Have you ever said this? I forgive them, but I don't like them. Imagine Jesus hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. But I can't stand them. I never want to see them again. Aren't you glad he didn't say that? All right. So, Father, forgive them. All right. If that's you, maybe, maybe we got to look at this. Number three, do you still make speeches of what you're going to say to them or what you should have said? Come on. Have you ever done that? You roll those images. I should have said this. I should have said that. Do you have a tendency to bring up the past? Can you still list the hurt? In chronological order. Come on. Oh, this crowd right here. Come on. I mean, listen, it's the truth. You know, I know when somebody's hurt me, 
Okay, and, and it's a real hurt. I know, I can list the chronological order. I'm telling you, that's how I know. I need to get free. Is this talking to anybody in here today? All right. Can you rejoice? Number five, when good things happen to the person who hurt you, when you see them getting blessed, when you see them getting promoted in their job, come on, somebody. When you see them you know, increasing, when you see their influence growing, can you really rejoice with them? If not, we may need to take a look at some things. Do you have a tendency to always want to tell your side of the story? Even when you're not asked? Man, that's the worst, isn't it? Come on. How many of you have been in a conversation? Just like, all right. Do you still think that they should pay for what they have done to you? I think this subject is so powerful and why I think Jesus addresses it right at the very beginning. Pray for those that hurt you because we're going to get hurt. But the key is to not stay hurt. And I just pray that today that if, if you, if that's you in this room today, that maybe for the duration of this message, maybe the Holy Spirit can work on us, all of us, and challenge us. You know, I felt like today this needed to be a message where we were challenged, not a message where, um, you know, you're condemned. That's not what this is about, but it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. Abba is inviting us right now. He's given us his covenant. He's saying, if you are here today, and it's time to start working on some of these things. Listen, you don't need therapy. I, I don't think so. You don't need therapy. You don't need to go talk to a bunch of people. I don't think so. I just believe you have to just spend time with Abba. Spend time understanding your covenant. Spending some time with how much he loves you and how much he cares about you. All right? So, but the feelings are very real. The feelings are very real when you're hurt. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Anybody, anybody agree with me? Feelings are hurt. The feelings are very real when you get hurt, all right? So, so I ask myself this question as I want to wrap up this message today, all right? How then, how do we conquer the ill, the Ill feelings then? Come on, you guys, loosen up a little bit. That's a great microphone right there, isn't it? Okay, all right. All right, so I want to take the rest of this message today to just talk about this, and I hope you hear my heart. Prayer is easier than we think. If somebody's hurt us or wronged us, it's easier than we think to have it removed from our life. It really is. And I've been at this a while. I've, been, I've helped people through this. I've had to walk through some stuff myself. So it's, it's very real. And so the first thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to see the first thing to um, get a hold of here is, is to admit that maybe you're here today or admit that maybe there's still something that we've got to work on. We call it owning it. It's just time to own it. 
That's the first step. Got to own it. Admit it. And the more we keep kicking the can down the road, the more that we just keep ignoring it, it's still going to be there. It's still going to fester. And the whole idea here today is to get rid of the hurt. Okay? And the second thing I want you to do is understand the depth of our own forgiveness. Like we talked about last week. Last week we spent a great deal of time talking about this. The depth of our forgiveness. What Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. See, when you understand the depth of your forgiveness, that is the thing that will impart faith to your heart for the next step, okay? Imparting faith to our heart for forgiveness. This is amazing, guys. When you understand what Jesus did on the cross for us, where he died, and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. We talked about this in communion today, okay? The blood of Abel in the Old Testament was shed. That was the first blood that was shed. And his blood cried out for vengeance. His blood cried out for justice. His blood said, there must be a payment for this, okay? Jesus, technically, his blood in the New Testament was the first blood to be shed in the New Testament. His blood cried out different. His blood cried out, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Mercy, grace, loving kindness. How many are glad we're on this side of the cross? Come on, if you're a Christian, this is what we get to experience today. So despite our failure, despite our sin, despite our setbacks, listen, despite what somebody has done to us or despite maybe what you have done to somebody else, okay, our sin and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. Now, what's the purpose of that? The purpose of that is to be free is to be free before Abba to say, oh my goodness, you're not holding these things against me. You're not holding these things against me. Then I have to ask myself this question. Why am I holding these things against the other person? If he's not holding stuff against me, then why am I holding against the other person? I just want to encourage you guys today. When you understand the depth of your forgiveness, when you understand the depth of the work that Jesus did for us. It is amazing what he, the the faith that can be imparted to us to begin the process of saying, Lord, I don't want to be controlled by this anymore. I don't want to be bound by this anymore. I don't want to waste any more time. I don't want this thing to overshadow me. I don't want this cloud to be upon me. I want to be free. I really want to be free. I hope this is ministering to you guys here today. And this is what's really amazing, right? All right, so when we, when we understand the depth of our forgiveness and we understand the extent of how the blood of Jesus really covers us and really has forgiven us, it imparts faith for us for this very next step. And that's this. It's to forgive by faith, not by feelings. See, our feelings will never want to forgive. Our feelings are hurt, and they'll mold us, and they'll shape us if we allow them. But our faith says, I'm going to forgive whether they apologize or not. I'm going to forgive by faith because I need to be free. Are you with me? When you say, I forgive by faith, you're saying, I want to be free. I don't want to waste any more time. I don't want to be controlled by this anymore. I want to forgive by faith. See, it's really easy to say, I forgive if they forgive. And there's this big apology that takes place. That's really easy. But I've noticed in my time in ministry, that doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't. What happens more often is that I want to be free. I say, I forgive that person. I forgive that person by faith. I'm going to do exactly what Jesus said. I'm going to pray for those people that have hurt me. Come on, are you with me today? 
All right, so watch this. The, the fourth thing is this, to pray for that person that hurts you. Begin praying for them. Begin praying for the prayer. It's easier than you think. Just begin praying for them. I have a revelation for you here. This is amazing because I think this is the, this connects to what uh, Jesus said to Peter when Peter asked Jesus this question that I think a lot of you maybe have heard before. Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, how many times should we forgive someone? And he used the number seven times. Remember that? How many remember that story, okay? Now he said seven times. Jesus says seven times, or excuse me, Peter says, should we forgive seven times? No, Peter thought he was being slick when he said this because the law said you had to forgive three times. And if after you've tried three times, that's it. It is over. The thing is finished and done. But Peter said, he might have started, he doubled it and added one seven times, right? So he thought he was being really cool. And Jesus answered him, and a lot of you guys know what Jesus said. No, Peter, seven times 70 or 490 times. In other words, you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You live a life in a forgiving way. You live your life with this forgiving lifestyle because people are going to hurt you. You're going to hurt others. They're going to hurt you. But you're living this forgiving lifestyle and you're continuing to forgive. You're continuing to forgive. You're continuing to pray. Come on, are you hearing me? So what, what, what he's saying here, praying for those that hurt you, what he's meaning is this. As you pray, you're getting free. As you pray for them, you're getting free. But what if you're still hurt? you pray again. What if you're still hurt? You pray again. How long, when do you stop? You stop praying until the hurt leaves. And I promise you that the hurt will leave. It will leave. It will. It will. And I really feel like that's what God wants to do here today for us to understand that maybe if you're here today and there's something in you that maybe you're holding on to, maybe it's a former marriage, Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to talk to your spouse about something. Maybe it's a past church experience. Whatever the case is, I believe God wants this congregation to know today that we can be free. Anybody want to be free in this place? Huh? I don't want anything to control me. I don't want any, I don't want to waste time. I want to live free. And I believe you do as well. If you own a home, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to buying a home, okay? When you purchase the home and you get a mortgage on that home, you technically own the home, okay? But you gotta make payments, right? And so, so every, time, every month you're making a payment, you're paying a little bit of the debt. You're paying a little of the debt and eventually you pay the whole thing off, right? This works much the same way. Every time you pray for that person that you hurt for, it's leaving you. Every time you pray for that person, that, that pain is going to leave you. Every time you pray for that person, it's going to leave you and leave you and leave you until you are absolutely free. But it's going to take faith to do this. It's going to take a decision to say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to live free. I want to live free, don't you? I've got to tell you one last testimony of how powerful this is. It's so powerful, you guys. I had a girlfriend um, back in the day, okay, and um, 
And so, in her, in, as we were dating, um, I shared with her a family heirloom that just she could just wear, okay? And um, so when we broke up, um, I just I said, hey, you know, would you return the family heirloom? And she said no and kept it. And uh, it meant a lot to me because it was special. It was, it was given to me by, by somebody in my family. It was very special to me. I was just letting her use it, you know. We were young. We weren't going to get married. So I just, you know, I just, I just prayed for her. I said, Lord, you know, I don't, I can't go there and demand, and I'm not going to sue her. I'm not going to do I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to just pray for her, that, that she would just find it in her heart to return this family heirloom. And so years went by, years, like 10, 12 years went by. What I'm sharing with you is very true. Out of the blue, I get a call from this individual. And they said, you know, I've got to return this heirloom to you. Where do you want me to send it? And how do you want me to send it? Because I need to insure it because it's an expensive heirloom. I'm going to send it to you. And I'm like, why now? And, and this, is what, this is what she said to me. She said, you know, I've gotten married. And um, I have to sell this house that I have. And the Lord really put it on my heart that I need to send this back to you and finally forgive you of how you hurt me years ago. And I just went, wow. I couldn't believe it. And so she sent it back. And listen, within 12 or 14 days, she sold her house. It was amazing. And, and here's what I thought about. It's the same thing. All those years, I went on with my life. I just lived my life growing, developing, dating. When she was still hurt by that. Now, it wasn't intentional. Nobody set out to intentionally hurt anybody, but she just didn't know how to get free. Are you with me? It's okay. We're going to get hurt, but it's not okay to stay hurt. And I believe God gives us this beautiful remedy of, of praying for others and being free so that we can freely receive all that God has for us. I just believe there's a lot of people in this room that want that. And I'm going to agree. We're going to agree in prayer today. Okay, so let's bow our heads, every head bowed in this room and every eye closed. And let's pray together. Father, I just, I just pray for a person that's maybe here today. It's just time to let go. It's time to let go of whatever it is that holds us back, that hurt, that offense. And by faith in our heart, I pray, Lord, that we take the next step to forgive and to let go once and for all. We pray for that loved one. We pray for that person that hurt us. We pray for that boss that hurt us. We pray for that ex-spouse that hurt us. We pray for that coworker that used us. We pray for that person that was close to us that betrayed us. We pray for them right now in the name of Jesus, we just pray for them. We pray a blessing on them. We pray a blessing on the Lord. We don't want anything to hold us back. We don't want anything to hold back your blessing from flowing in our lives freely. We pray for them, Lord. We don't want to be controlled. We don't want to waste any more time. And I pray, Lord, if there's any person in this room, that there would just be freedom. That freedom would just ring out in this room in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Dino, I don't know Jesus the way 
that you've been talking about them throughout this message. We never want to leave an opportunity where we do a service like this, where we don't give you the invitation to come to know him for yourself. If you're here today, I want to just pray for you. The best decision we could ever make is to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. You're here in this room. You've never done that before. You said, Pastor, I want to know the eternal security that I have, that when I leave planet Earth, that I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold with every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around, just me. I want to come into agreement with you. Say, Pastor, you know, that's me. I want to receive Christ. I want to receive Christ. I need, I need to invite him into my life. Anyone in this room at all? Anyhow, 